Hello, I'm Jim Campanini, uh, the wine novice, and welcome to the Gratefully Yours Wine Podcast. I'm here today with my uh, co-host, Mike Pigeon, a.k.a. the Wine Butler. The wine How are you doing, Mike? Very well, thank you. Very well. Now, this is a very special day in world history. Do you know why? Absolutely, I do. What is it? It's your birthday. No, it's my my twin brother's birthday. Oh, well, it's got to be. Yeah, but isn't he yes. the older one? Isn't he a minute yes, older? Yes, he's my twin brother, John. Yeah. Uh, we're going to honor him this morning. Absolutely. They see Zeus's special champagne. They yep. see, yep. Okay. So we're going to have a toast to John Thomas Campanini, who was born May 16th, 1952, one minute ahead of yours truly. Uh huh. You know? And he's turned out to be one of the best vintners on the East he's Coast. He's turned out to be one of the best vintners. Known for Zinfandel's excellent quality. Eight vintages of uh, Zinfandel. Yep. He buys yeah. the grapes from California. Yep. He makes it at the uh, uh, River, was it River Winery? River Walk Winery, I think River Winery, yeah. Down in uh, uh, West Greenwich, Rhode Island. Yeah. yeah. He's turned out eight vintages. Every, every one is better than the other. Yeah, if you go to my uh, wine blog, uh, thewinenovice.com, uh, you, you can uh, go through the archives and find a couple of stories and photos I've done of him pressing the juice and, mm, and mm. fermenting it and everything. So, John, when you watch this, which he will be, he'll, he watches all the shows. Uh, this is to you, my brother. Thank you for 71 years of wonderful brotherhood. Great job. You know, I tell all my friends, I was never lonely as a child. Never, not with him. So here's to John T. Campanini, Jr. Mm. He'll say, why didn't you toast me with one of my Zinfandels? But yeah, this thank is you, Daisy Zuzas. They sing in a Daisy, too. Champagne. Now, uh, the other good thing is today is I, we uh, traditionally do, we always play golf. We either take a golf trip or whatever, but we'll be playing golf today, my brother. And the best part is he's got to give me three strokes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he's a better uh, golfer than me, you know, but I'm a grinder. Yeah, but you've got that new wedge you're going to put into play today. So we'll <laughs> see. Wedge. We'll see. And later, uh, I think in June... We're going to have John uh, on the show. Mm -hmm. He's going to come up and, and show us his latest vintage of Zinfandel. We're going to talk about the process, how he makes it, and what taste it. It took yeah. him a couple of years, but he's got that down pat now. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a good wine. It su yeah. surprised me the last two vintages. They're, they're good. Yeah, we got to come up yeah. with a label for him, a nice label. You know? Well, you can work so. that out with him. Okay. Well, today's show, last week, Mike and I, Went to two incredible wine tastings in Boston at the City Winery. What a venue, huh? Oh, beautiful, beautiful place. Very kind. Uh, right down from the TD Garden on Causeway Street. You take a right, go around. And City Winery is not only a, a, a beautiful bar, they, they, they teach wine classes there, but it's got a beautiful concert uh, venue. Uh, we saw the room, went in there, beautiful stage. Seats about, what, 300 people? It was over 200. I know 200, that. I counted yeah. some tables. And uh, 200, bars around the room, but beautiful tables set up. Uh, you can have uh, light meals there. They make their own wine at the City Winery. I didn't realize there's a, there's a group of them across the country, uh, Dallas, Los Angeles, New York. 
So you go in there, you can join the club, the City Rhinoe Club, which gives you um, uh, uh, special discounts on the, the jazz and musical acts that go in there, all kinds, jazz, folk. They have, if you go on the uh, their website, City, City Winery, check it out in Boston, you'll see all the artists that they've come in really uh, uh, top-notch too. So it was really interesting. But we've been there before, but this, this tasting... It was on the. It was done by the uh, Vino Nobile di Montepulciano Consortium. Okay, uh, and the 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 thing is, uh, you know, Vino Nobile di Montepulciano. I know it's a mouthful, but it's one of Italy's most prestigious wines. Now, Montepulciano is a place. It's a medieval hilltop town with a lot of ancient history. It's located in the province of Siena, which is beautiful. Below Florence, okay. yeah. And to the east of Montalcino in Tuscany. That's where Brunello di Montalcino comes from, a, 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 a great Sangiovese a wine. Vino Nobile di Montalcino is also a Sangiovese wine. So you might be saying... Well, gee, what's the difference? Chianti is a Sangiovese-based wine. Well, in Italy, the land, okay, takes precedent, right? It gives it its distinctive uh, taste, smell, aromatics, the soils, the mesoclimate. Because you could be uh, one mile, two miles away from a different vineyard, and they get totally different weather because of the hills. These hills are kind of high in Montepulciano. They go from uh, 300 meters, which is like 900 feet. They could go all the way to, to um, 1,500 uh, meters. And um, it, it's basically sandy, limestone, fossilized soils. This was underwater in, in, during ancient times. So it leaves a little uh, uh, the, the seashells uh, uh, in there. But uh, the clone of Sangiovese that grows there has been... It was first mentioned uh, way back with the Etruscans, and um, and um, it's just a fabulous wine made in a, a little different style, elegant style. Mm -hmm. Would you say that? Mm -hmm. What do you think about those wines we tasted? It, it, very impressive. That We had 11 glasses ahead of us, and they were all Sangiovese's. But each one tasted distinctively a little different than the other. But there was not one that you could possibly not like because they were all Sangiovese's great wines. Yeah. Great yeah. wines. Now, there were three, uh, there are actually four levels of, of uh, quality classifications on the Italian wine scale. Uh, there's the table wines down the bottom, uh, the IGTs, which don't let that, uh, 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 you know, uh, mislead you. Sasakaya is an IGT wine. Okay, so the great IGT wines that don't want any restrictions, and these winemakers make them in this broad section. But that's the, the second tier. Then the, the third tier is the DOC level. Then the DOCG top level for quality, which means these wines are made under more restrictive conditions. They have to be checked by a panel to make sure that the wines produced reflect the same taste and characteristics as the year before. They don't want wines that are going all over the place so people can't sense where they're from when they taste them. So uh, um, uh, the Montepulciano... Vino Nobile di Montepulciano Appellation 
got their uh, DOCG recognition in 1980. And uh, it, 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 they basically got it based on their historic uh, uh, traditions. This, why they say vino noble and wine of nobility, it picked up that, uh, that title uh, during the 14th, 15th, 16th centuries. This was the wine used by popes, noblemen, uh, politicians, uh, rulers, not only in Italy, but throughout Europe. It was a top export. It hit a, it dove a bit, a bit and declined when Chianti Classico became the rave in the, uh, the late 19th century, early 20th century. But then it made a comeback in, um, in the 21st century uh, when new wine producers came in and, and investments and, and modernizing the equipment. They realized they wanted to restore the integrity and character of, of Vino Nobile. They, they, they went from 12 total producers to over 200 today. And uh, they turn out about 7 million bottles a year. But it's an exquisite wine. Didn't they get sidetracked a little bit too with Super Tuscans? And then they went back to the uh, purity of just the Sangiovese grape. Yes. You, you can, under the uh, guidelines, uh, most of the wines we tasted at the wine tasting uh, were 100% Sangiovese. Uh, but they, they, they can use 15% in the blend of other local authorized grapes. Caniole. Yes. Caniolo, yeah. Colorino, uh, Memolo, and they also use one international grape, Merlot, okay, which softens it a bit. Actually, it had some nice flavors and stuff. So uh, so 85% of the, the DOCG bottlings um, contain, uh, you know, 85% Sangiovese, DOCG bottlings. But most of the producers now are putting 90% or more uh, Sangiovese. They can do so much with that one grape. The Sangiovese alone is tremendous. But then you got you have your Chiantis and Brunellos, all with the same grape, with that, those little additions of the other grapes. And they're fabulous. As long as you see a bottle with Sangiovese as a base, you're, in, you're doing good. Yeah. So um, why don't you explain... This bottle is is one of your favorites. Yep. Talk a little about this bottle. It's one of mine too. My, Mike uh, uh, originally. You've been drinking this for three or four years, right? Uh huh. I have. Yeah. It's this it, is it, 2017. It's, yeah. It's from Caponetto, which is one of the top producers of uh, of, uh, of uh, Italian wines. Yeah, it, uh, it's just it's very smooth. I don't know if they have a little extra something in it besides the San Giovanni on the back of the top of the label there. But um, it's it's just not too fruity like a Chianti. It's mm -hmm. just so smooth and nice. Uh, it's $37, I think, retail or something, and but well worth it. It's, it's just a good, good wine. So that, this, is, this, this one is 90% Sangiovese and 10% Caniolo. Yeah. Now, the other thing, uh, there's, a, there's been a, a little, um, you know, uh, the thing that spurs innovation is when you get pioneering uh, winemakers, and uh, uh, so so there's a, there's what's going on right now in, in uh, Montepulciano. The traditionalists uh, with the modernists. Uh, the traditionalists want to use that. Uh, they want to ferment this in in, in uh, you know in steel, and they make it some somewhat Bordeaux style you, it, under the standards. It has to be. 
um, it has to be aged, Bantapucciano has to be aged for 24 months, okay, soften it up, and 12 of those months have to be in in wood, mm-hmm. in oak. Now, the question comes down, what kind of oak? New oak, if you put it in new French oak, you know, it just adds that vanilla flavor, that caramel flavor. Yeah, it softens the tannins, but if it's not done with balance, it takes away all the fruit taste. Mm-hmm. You don't get that pure just cherry, sour, oak. sweet cherry, the licorice, the violets. Vino Noble de Montepulciano is known for its violets. Right. You know, the Rome is in the sense of that, even licorice. So that's the struggle that's going on right now because some winemakers who export a lot, they prefer to, as I call it, Americanize their wines. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they want to make it like a Cabernet from Napa Valley. Uh, and and others want to, want the pure expression of that terroir, that beautiful uh, landscape. And, and it, it's basically been preserved uh, the way it was during ancient times. I mean, uh, they, they, the medieval town of Montepulciano, you, if you look at pictures of it, uh, you know, stone buildings and houses and and beautiful yards and hills and stuff. So what's happening now is that these producers are coming to, uh, you know, coming to a pretty good compromise. The wines that we tasted were not overwhelmingly uh, uh, oaked. They had nice style and balance. Even the ones where you could taste that oaky character, boy, were they appealing. Every... Uh, Every one of the 11 were. Yes. Every one. Yes. And it was tough to pick your t- your favorite, whether it was the $22 bottle, dollar bottle, okay, or the real high-end $65 dollar bottle, which I found just spectacular. And uh, you can read about that on my uh, wine blog. Uh, um, if you go to thewinenovice.com, it, the, that, I've been um, writing that column for a week now because I was just so intrigued by these wines. I've been doing extra research, looking into the vineyard operations, who the winemakers are. So I should have that uh, uh, wine column done. I sent it to, uh, to, to our producer, Teddy Panos, at InsideLowell.com. It should be posted by Thursday, hopefully, because you can read about these. I have the prices the alcohol content, who makes them, and how they are made. So, you know, there's a wine for every palate, whether you like that that lean and mean uh, Vino Montepulciano or the little, uh, you know, the, as I call it, the palate, uh, the palate refresher. Mm-hmm. With, uh, but some of them have uh, um, these long, lingering, uh, lush tastes, you know. Is that what you basically saw too? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so I just want to uh, add another thing. Now, the other thing is, like I said, it's when you look at the bottle, it says Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, noble wine of Montepulciano, which is a place. Okay. Vino Nobile di Montepulciano is not a grape. It's the name of a wine. This is not to be confused with Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, which comes from the province of, the, of Abruzzo in central uh, Italy, okay, on the, the, uh, the, Adriatic, the Adriatic side, because I've made that mistake. 
I picked up this bottle without looking at it closely. I saw Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, which is also a spectacular wine, which <laughs> I like. So you got to read the labels. Vino Nobile di Montepulciano. Because Montepulciano d'Abruzzo is a great variety, okay? And it's from the province of Abruzzo, whereas Vino Nobile di Montepulciano is a Sangiovese-based grape from Tuscany. Okay, totally different. You're going to get beautiful, exquisite wines. But this Vino Noble, eh, you know what? It's, uh, it's one of Italy's most prestigious wines, uh, one of the best. So, well, I get, matter of fact, uh, in doing my research, uh, I saw that of all the wines uh, from Italy that Thomas Jefferson tasted, as you know, President Jefferson, our third president, he was a big wine collector. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 And um, he uh, he called uh, Vino Noble di Montepulciano his best. So, um, uh, well, his favorite Tuscan wine. He loved Bordeaux wines too, but he called it his uh, his uh, his favorite. So, um, so anything uh, more do you want to add about that, uh, Montepulciano? No, you said it. Uh, okay. Quite, quite. Uh, if you if you go to the um, if you go to our uh, the uh, if you look up my column later, you'll see some of the wines, and I give you a great selection because uh, these wines were selected by Antonio Galloni, who is the owner and lead wine critic for Venus Media, V I N O U S. Uh, you see in my articles that I that I write, usually I cite them in a lot of uh, th uh, things for the background that they do. Uh, but Antonio Galloni used to work for Robert Parker. He, uh, he took over Venus Media uh, several years ago. He's a top wine critic, very nice. He lives in New York. He led the discussion uh, on the wines, so it was um, it was a very good show, uh, and we learned a lot. Mm -hmm. We learned a lot, but the. The, the wine was exquisite. And then we went to... Uh, the Greek wine tasting. Where did we go after the wine tasting? Oh, we went over to uh, Massimino's, and we had a delicious meal over there. Oh, and, and thank you for ordering that good bottle of wine. Yeah, and what did, we, what did we have? The Pulizzani, right? Pulizzani Vino Nobile di Montepulciano, which was the entry level. It was still which, so good. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was excellent. And uh, I had a nice bowl of the cacio di pepe with the uh, pasta vajol. Everything was exquisite. What did you eat? I think we started off with the stuffed uh, clams, stuffed, and, which are oh, big, clams. big ones. And then uh, the veal saltambaca. I had it, that. Yes. And, and it was such and, a beautiful day. Oh, the sun uh, coming in the open windows. Open doorway. There, we uh, sat yeah. right at the, the edge yeah. of the doorway there. It was a fantastic day. Uh, and boy, we stumbled back to, to uh, the North Station, got on the train, and slept all the way home. No, it, it was a beautiful bad, day. Yeah. Now, just to give you a little uh, update, we'll be talking about uh, a little of it next week. We also went last week to uh, a, 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 a tasting of Greek wines from the Isle of uh, Island of Santorini, one of the most beautiful islands in the world. Were you impressed with those wines? I was impressed uh, with a few of them. Yeah, um, I'm not, haven't had too many Greek wines to be truthful, but uh, they had a few different ones and some we liked, three wines I think we really liked a lot. Yeah. 
The, the uh, Santorini uh, is known for its white wines, dry white wines made from the uh, Aceterco grape. Did I pronounce that correctly? And you've got a couple of bottles, right, Teddy, out at the Danian corner? Mm. Yeah. What an exquisite wine. I mean, you know, this is why wine is so great to be an explorer and try different things with different foods. I mean... Yeah, Chardonnay is a great grape, but you can only drink so. I can only drink so much Chardonnay, and I, I, I don't drink it for weeks because it's that same taste mm-hmm. and stuff. The beauty of whether it's Italian, French whites, Burgundy, or, or Greek wines, I mean, they knock your socks off with their their their, their taste. And in this island of Santorini was uh, created by a volcano. Yes. In in sixteen BC. And that's not before Campanini. That was no, before, before Christ. Christ. Yeah, I think that's so. So, uh, yeah. And, and when you look at the caldera, they call the big hole where the where the yep. water is now. Yep. The island is almost like a, 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 it's shaped like a big horseshoe, like a horseshoe. And if I understood him right, a million bottles of wine come off that island a year. Yeah, which when you think about, it, isn't really much. Okay. It's yeah, a small, but it's, it's small just, island. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's and good. and uh, but it's all vineyard. The, the wines are there. When you taste these wines, these Greek wines, I mean, you 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 can feel uh, the eruption of the volcano almost. I mean, they're mineral. They get that chalky limestone. You're not going to get that from other places in the world. You know, you you do get it in in, in Bordeaux because the the limestone, uh, the Camerigian ridge comes right through uh, uh, champagne, and, and that's what gives champagne its great taste. But these wines all had that beautiful mm. minerality, you know, and they ended nice and dry and long, but but lemony. Uh, some had grapefruit taste flavors. It was good. But we'll talk about those. We're going to get a couple of bottles from Teddy, mm. and we're going to talk about them next week. So, and the last announcement I have yes. is that uh, we have been we've been able to uh, to talk to my wine instructor when I went for my Italian certification at the Wine Scholar Guild, uh, Joanne Ross. I consider her my mentor. She's uh, still teaching wine classes for the Commonwealth Wine School now. She is willing to come to Lowell and be one of our guests in June. So we're trying to set that date. It'll probably be early in June. You're going to love her, hearing from her. She used to be a speech pathologist, one of the best in the state, when she found her passion for wine and started going to school, traveling the world. She's got all kinds of certification, a wonderful, wonderful teacher. And uh, we're going to have her on the show. And you might consider taking a class with her. She's teacher. quite an authority. Yes, she is. She is. So why don't you wrap it up for our uh, huge audience out there? Happy birthday to you and your brother. (laughs) Salute. May the wine be with you. Cheers. Hmm.